my dear listeners, and welcome to Counter Melody. It is I, your host, Daniel Gundlach. And as always, I'm committed to bringing you the voices of beloved singers, often focusing on unexpected facets of their artistry. You will also be hearing less celebrated but equally treasurable artists who deserve our attention and respect. I'm honored to have you join me on this ongoing mutual journey of discovery. And now, without any further ado, let's get down to today's business. Great singers and great singing. Hello friends, welcome to this episode. Today's topic is musicians who have recently left this earth. I wanted to go for the eclectic today, so I'm allowing a lot more variety of musical styles than I normally would in the podcast. When I say recently, I mean mostly within this calendar year. I'm going to do this episode chronologically, so there will be a few artists at the very beginning who died in 2020. So, going back the farthest, nearly, well, more than 10 months, we have the death of the Italian film composer Ennio Morricone. He composed scores for Gialli, spaghetti westerns, epics, you name it. And he always had a recognizable sound, but one that also he could adapt to suit the created world of each film. In 2010, he was awarded the Polar Music Prize, which he shared that year with Bjork. As part of the festivities, there was a performance in which Barbara Hendricks sang as a vocalise one of his most famous themes, Deborah's theme from the masterpiece Once Upon a Time in America. The great American pianist Leon Fleischer died on the 2nd of August last year. I didn't commemorate his death at the time, and 
I remembered that he had done a recording of Schumann art songs with Phyllis Brinjolson and John Shirley Quirk, fellow colleagues of his at Peabody. And since we just heard John Shirley Quirk last week, at the end of the Heather Harper episode, I thought this would be a nice way of bringing things together. Here they are performing the beautiful song from Dichterliebe called Am leuchtenden Sommermorgen which of course ends with that gorgeous piano postlude that once again recurs at the conclusion of the cycle. One other death that we didn't observe last summer was Julian Bream, the guitarist. Of course, he's very renowned for the work that he did with Peter Pierce, performances of lute songs as well as folk songs that were arranged for them by Benjamin Britten, and also some original scores that Britten wrote either for Bream to play as solos or, in the case of the songs from the Chinese, to perform with Peter Pierce. But I have something that I have actually offered once on the podcast, but I love this performance so much that it doesn't matter that it's a Christmas song. Well, it's considered a Christmas song. I actually think that it's appropriate any time when it's sung like this. It's Robert McGimsey's spiritual-like 
song Sweet Little Jesus Boy. And this recording from 1955 was one of Julian Bream's very, very first recordings, and he made it with that mezzo-soprano par excellence that I feature whenever I can. I'm talking about Muriel Smith. This performance just blows me away. In case you feel inspired to sample more Muriel Smith, I have two previous episodes that I have posted about this extraordinary singer. I invite you to check them out. On the 6th of October last year, the Russian tenor Vladislav Piavko died at the age of 79. He first came to the attention of the public in the very early 1970s when he was a winner of the Moscow Tchaikovsky competition. One of the judges in that competition was the Russian dramatic mezzo-soprano Irina Arkhipova. She did much to help Piafko advance his career, and in fact, the two of them eventually married, and after her death, he ran the Irina Arkhipova Foundation. He was a bit of a bellower, frankly, and some of his later work lacks, shall we say, a little nuance. But from that very 1970 Tchaikovsky competition, we have footage, extraordinary footage, of him performing various pieces. I'm going to offer you a portion of Otello's Act Three monologue, Dio mi potevi scagliar. It's hard to describe the impact that this artist had. He was visually rather striking, and he had a lion-like presence. He had a habit, from what I've seen, of just throwing back his head and letting go with the most ear-shattering sounds. In this Tchaikovsky competition performance, however, he does show a little bit more nuance, and that's the reason I'm playing it for you. Oh, oh, 
a composer of ambient music, an American, who made his first impact in the late 1970s and continued to work with some of the most influential and important musicians in the business. He died on December 8th at the age of 84. In his case, it was a COVID-related death, but for most of these artists, I'm not necessarily going to offer that information. The piece of his that I'm going to offer you today is, I believe, from his first album. The piece is called Madrigals of the Rose Angel, and this movement is called The Crystal Garden. What a lineup! First of all, we hear the mezzo-soprano Linda Richardson singing solo. Among the other singers in the chorus, we hear Margaret Cable and Muriel Dickinson. Musicians playing in the ensemble include Michael Nyman, Brian Eno, and Gavin Bryars. If you want to just lay back and relax, please take some of this in. I think it's very, very beautiful.
This next guy I remember seeing occasionally on TV in the 1960s, Charlie Pride. I believe he's generally acknowledged to be the first African-American country-western music star. Now, he died on the 12th of December at the age of 86. I don't listen to a lot of country music anymore. I used to once in a while. And when I did listen to country western, it was generally the chicks. And not just the Dixie Chicks. But here's Charlie Pride singing the song, There Goes My Everything. I have to say this song has a special place in my heart because my favorite recording of it is by that disastrous Burbank housewife, Mrs. Miller, who was a novelty act in the 60s, of course, and did on her country western album this very song. It's extra special because through the magic of dubbing, she does it as a duet with herself. Charlie Pride sings it more or less for real in this live performance from I'm not even sure when. As they gently walk across a lonely floor The voice is softly saying Darling, this will be goodbye forevermore There goes my reasons for obligated to observe here that perhaps if the singer had treated his quote-unquote everything as if he or she were not just a possession, perhaps he would have been less likely to lose them. But I'm not going to proselytize about such matters. Let's return instead to the rarefied world of opera where, of course, the beloved is never treated as either an object or a possession. Here's a singer, a tenor, that I knew only by name, and I don't believe I ever heard him sing. This was the Italian tenor Angelo Mori, born in Toulouse in 1934. He died on the 27th of December. He sang most of the Verdi roles, and a good deal of Verismo as well, as some bel canto. Fortunately, there are quite a few live performances of his that you can find, and the one that completely blew me away was his performance of Don Alvaro in Verdi's Forza del Destino. This is the big Act Three scena, a portion of the aria O tu che inseno agli angeli. It's an extraordinary performance, and it's from Faenza in September 1968. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
I wish I had time to include this entire performance. For me, Angelo Mori is the major discovery I made while putting this podcast together. Now let's turn to another distinguished operatic singer. A baritone, a Hungarian baritone. I've always called him Sándor Soljom Nagy. Sándor Soljom Nagy. Always nice to have my Google genie observing me and correcting me. Thanks a lot. You are welcome. If your Hungarian were better, I wouldn't have to constantly correct you. You see what I have to deal with here, don't you? Oi. Sándor Sholjomnáj died on the 30th of December, barely a week after celebrating his 79th birthday. He was a member of the Hungarian State Opera and sang in a number, like a huge number, of recordings on the Hungaroton label, including lots of Verdi, Kodais Haryanos, both of the most famous operas by the Hungarian composer Ferenc Erkel, who was considered the Hungarian Verdi, if you will. He also sang Wagner, including at Bayreuth, and was also an art song singer. He became later in his career, again, a bit of a barker, but I found this 1975 recording from the complete songs of Zoltan Kodai. Possibly because I don't speak any Hungarian, I was not really able to find out very much about this song. It's called which means my heart is sore. It is from the collection by Kodai called Meidal, or Four Songs. The pianist here who oversaw this entire project is named Loran Six. His name looks like Laurent Six to me, but you heard it. Loran Six. Oh. 
On the 3rd of January, the singer-songwriter Jerry Marston died at the age of 78. He's certainly most celebrated for heading the group Jerry and the Pacemakers. This group rose to prominence around the same time that the Beatles did and looked for a while as if they were going to have a similar kind of influence. One of their most famous songs was called Ferry Cross the Mersey. The Mersey is a river. In fact, the whole style of music was called the Mersey Beat. Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in every way So ferry cross the Mersey Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay Here I always will stay So ferry cross the Mersey Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay And here I'll stay Here I'll stay The day after Jerry Marsden died, the very influential Lebanese musician and composer Elias Rabani died in Beirut at the age of 82. He first made his mark in the late 50s as the composer of a song that was very, very popular. And throughout his long life, he wrote a wide range of music in various languages. It's very pop-oriented, but it's fun. I found a performance by the Lebanese singer Pascal Sacre. Sakir? Pascal Sacre. The recording's from 2014, although it sounds like it could have been recorded even 50 years earlier. And the song itself is called Que sera ma vie? What would my life be if you weren't part of it? Que sera ma vie sans toi? Que sera ma vie si tu
the day after Rabani died. Sounds like there were a lot of deaths in January. The day after he died, the Welsh harpist Ocean Ellis died. Ten years older than Rabani, he was 92 at the time of his death. Like Julian Bream, Ocean Ellis was very well known for his collaborations with both Peter Pierce and Benjamin Britten and many, many other important musicians. But what a lot of people perhaps don't know is that he carried on that tradition of accompanying himself on the harp and singing. And he had a beautiful, untrained voice. I happen to have a recording in my collection of a setting of a Dylan Thomas poem from Under Milkwood. And the poem is called A Sunset Poem. The composition is by Ellis himself. The name Bizerka Tsveic is something that I found enormously amusing. Of course, it's just a normal Croatian name, but the similarity of her first name to the word berserk provided me with enormous amusement. Was she a berserk singer? Well, On the basis of some of the recordings that I've been listening to, she was a pretty damn exciting one. I'll tell you that. She lived a good long life, dying on January 7th of this year at the age of 97. She made a fair number of recordings, often for the state recording company in what was then Yugoslavia or Yugotone Records. But my favorite recording of hers that I found was a live performance of the Principessa di Bouillon's aria, Acerba Voluta, from Chileas Adriana Le Couvreur. She really tears up the scenery, and in fact, she could give lessons to, well, anyone who is trying to make their mark in this dramatic mezzo-soprano repertoire. She's Frickin' amazing, especially in this performance, which, as far as I can tell, is from the year 1963, and I'm not sure the provenance, and I think I'm just gonna leave it at that. (laughs) 
singer who died that very same day was the Russian soprano Tamara Sorokina. Tamara Sorokina. Tamara Sorokina. Perhaps record collectors in the West might recognize her as the singer of the title role of Tchaikovsky's Yolanta when that recording was issued in the West in the late 70s. She appears to have been a very beautiful woman and cut a lovely figure on stage. I can't say I'm terribly enamored of her voice, but for the sake of completeness, I did want to give you a little example of what her voice sounded like. This is the brief arioso that Yolanta herself sings at the beginning of the opera. It is not from the complete recording of the opera, but rather from a 1974 recital album in which Mark Ermler conducts the Bolshoi Theater Orchestra.
The next singer that we commemorate is the Italian-American soprano Marcella Reale, who died at the age of 84 on January 17th. She actually studied in Munich on a Fulbright with the tenor Armand Tokatian and also with the great Lotte Lehmann. At the beginning of her career, she was centered in Germany, but went on to sing in Italy and elsewhere around the world including South America and Australia. At the end of her life, she did return to the United States. She shared the stage with the most distinguished singers of her time, and among the conoscenti, she was quite well appreciated. She did do a number of recordings for Italian EMI and other companies, and I'm going to play you an example of a very interesting aria. Did you guys know... Maybe you remember from my episode in honor of the late Rosanna Carteri that I included an aria from an Italian operetta. There are quite a few of them, and they were composed by some of the most important Verismo composers of the day. If you think about it, Puccini's La Rondine is one such operetta. This is from an operetta by Leon Cavallo, called La Reginetta delle Rose, and this very, very beautiful aria is called The Walzer delle Rose, The Waltz of the Roses. This is Marcella Reale singing in this 1980 recording. Because we're not snobs around here, we're also going to commemorate a pop singer who had a few hits in his day. His name was Jimmy Rogers. He was an American. He died on the 18th of January at the age of 87. Probably his most famous song was a cover of the Bob Merrill tune, Honeycomb, which I'm going to play you just a short portion. Honeycomb. 
And the Lord said, now that I made a bee, I'm gonna look all around for a green, green tree. And he made a little tree, and I guess you heard. Poppin', well, he made a little bird, and they waited all around until the end of spring. I get every note that the birdies sing, and they put them all in the one sweet tone. For my honeycomb, oh, honeycomb, oh, won't you be my baby? Well, the honeycomb be my own. Got a hank of hair and a piece of bone, and made a walkin', talkin'. Honeycomb, well, honeycomb, won't you be my baby? Well, honeycomb, be my own. What a darn good life when you got a wife like honeycomb. Honeycomb. And the Lord said, now that I made a bird, I'm gonna look all around for a little old word that sounds about sweet like turtle dove. And I guess they're gonna call it love, and he roams the world looking everywhere. We're getting love from here, love from there, and he put it all in a little old Next is the singer Margherita Roberti, who died on January 23rd at the age of 95. You might be surprised that a singer with a name like that was actually born Margaret Jean Roberts to a family of cattle breeders in Iowa. She moved to Italy in 1956 with the intention of becoming a singer, and she did, and she sang in the biggest European houses, primarily Italian houses, but not just. She also sang at Covent Garden. She sang at Lyric Opera. She sang in San Francisco. She sang in Buenos Aires. She even made a Met debut in 1962, opposite Franco Corelli. And she sang all the biggest Verdi repertoire. And when I say big, I mean big. She sang Abigaille in Nabucco. I was expecting that this voice was going to blow me out of the water. But I have to say, the selections that I listened to, they didn't knock me out. That said, she clearly was a very skillful singer, and she knew how to turn a phrase. It's just she didn't know quite how to milk it, I guess, is what I would say. I'm going to play just a little bit from a performance that she gave at the Maggio Musicale in Florence under the baton of Bruno Bartoletti. This was a complete performance on the 10th of July, 1959, of the opera Nabucco, in which, of course, she sang Abigaille. And she makes a few very good points here and there. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about her. In a way, she defines what I would call a workmanlike singer. But there's also something else going on there as well. I listened to her quite a bit this week, and this I thought was the best thing that I could find. Thank you. 
The next artist we celebrate is the Belgian bass baritone Michel Tampon, who died on the 30th of January at the age of 92. He appeared in a wide range of repertoire, and he was quite clearly a superb musician. He sang a number of buffo parts and recorded with some very distinguished colleagues. But he also created new work. He appeared in Kiss Me Kate. He appeared in a good deal of French operetta. But I would say that his most delicious stuff is his buffo. Donizetti composed a very amusing opera that was called Le Convenienze ed Inconvenienze Teatrali, Conventions and Inconveniences of the Stage. When it's done in the United States, it's usually called Viva la Mamma. The role of Mamma Agatha is portrayed by the baritone in drag. It's a wonderful tour de force part in which we get to hear Michel Trompon doing the patter portion of Mamma Agatha's aria in this live performance from Lausanne in 1988, conducted by Alberto Zedda. <laughs> Un gran chiasso maestro farà. Il bambino con zicchetti, 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 Honestly, I don't have too much to do with the pop music scene of today. It generally strikes me as pretty facile, and it just doesn't engage me. But I did hear about the death on the 30th of January, the same day that Michel Trompon died, of the trans musician, singer, and producer, Sophie. Her music apparently affected a lot of people, influenced a lot of people, and her fearless positioning of herself as a trans icon made a huge difference for a great number of people. She died in a devastating accident. She's probably best remembered for this 2017 song from her single solo album, the song is called It's Okay to Cry. And I'm going to offer you just a very short portion. There's a world inside you I know it feels like I wanna go with you 
very important Czech singer named Libuše Domaninska. Libuš Domaninska. Excuse me, what did you just say? Libuše Domaninska. Sounded like you were trying to pull a fast one on me there. I am surprised that you could recognize a bad Czech accent. Hey, lay off. I'm doing my best here. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. Libuše Domaninska died on the 2nd of February, just a few short months ago. About two years ago, David and I took a trip to Prague where he was delivering a paper, and I went to the Suprafon record shop and bought a whole bunch of recordings by Czech singers because I felt that I needed to educate myself and I happened to grab a recording by Libuše, Libuše Domaninska. Turns out that she was a very important singer. If you guys remember the first stereo recording of Janáček z Jenufa in 1970 that was issued in the West on Angel Records, she sings the title role. This was one of her most important roles. She also sang all of the big roles in Czech opera, as well as roles as varied as Madama Butterfly and Zalome. At first, one has to settle in to the voice. It's a little um, fraught, shall we say. But once you give in to her way of approaching the music and the way that she uses her voice, it's actually very skillful and very exciting. This is an aria from Smetana's opera, Libuše. I thought that Domaninska sang the title role. I was incorrect. She sings the role of the seconda donna named Krasava, and she has this fantastic aria in which she confesses to her father that the man that he wants her to marry is not the man that she's in love with. In fact, she's in love with this guy's brother. She begs him for his compassion and understanding. Remember what I said earlier about the advanced sexual politics of opera? Forget it. (laughs) 
There is an advantage to being your own boss, and that is that you get to make executive decisions sometimes, and I'm making one right now. This episode is going to be continued next week. There are a number of reasons for that. I'm on a deadline for a freelance project. I had some very bad news about a beloved family member this last week, and I've been very distracted by that. And I'm tired. That's it. I just want to remind you that this is my job. This is how I'm trying to make my living these days. So if you are so inspired and you'd like to support me on Patreon through a monthly donation of $2 or more, you become eligible to access all of the bonus content that I post two or three times a month please go to patreon.com slash countermelody where you can get all the information that you need. Thank you so much, my dear ones. Speaking of workers, I think it is completely appropriate to end this episode with the great American folk and protest singer Anne Feeney, who died at the age of 69 
on the 3rd of February. She was such an active political figure, constantly fighting for the rights of the worker and performing songs to encourage people to take action, much in the way that the folk music movement in the early 1960s was centered in a very strong political way. Probably her most famous song is Have You Been to Jail for Justice? And the words are just too fabulous. I'm going to play the whole thing for you. This recording is from 2001. Was it Cesar Chavez? Maybe it was Dorothy Day. Some will say Dr. King or Gandhi set them on their way. No matter who your mentors are, it's pretty plain to see. If you've been to jail for justice, you're in good company. Have you been to jail for justice? I wanna shake your hand. Sitting in and lying down, always to take a stand. Have you sung a song for freedom or marched that picket line? Have you been to jail for justice? Oh, you're a friend of mine. You law-abiding citizens, listen to this song. Laws were made by people, and people can be wrong. Once unions were against the law, but slavery was fine. Women were denied the vote, and children worked the mine. The more you study history, the less you can deny it. A rotten law stays on the books till folks with guts defy it. Have you been to jail for justice? I want to shake your hand Sitting in and lying down Always to take a stand Have you sung a song for freedom Or marched that picket line Have you been to jail for justice Oh, you're a friend of mine Now the law's supposed to serve us And so are the police When that system fails It's up to us to speak our peace it takes eternal vigilance for justice to prevail. So get courage from your convictions. Let them haul you off to jail. Have you been to jail for justice? I want to shake your hand. Sitting in and lying down always to take a stand. Have you sung a song for freedom or marched that picket line? Have you been to jail for justice? Will you go to jail for justice? Have you been to jail for justice? Oh, you're a friend of mine. People, keep that song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Kuntlach.